Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business since 1994. So for those that are wondering, no, I haven't turned this podcast into the Helium Head podcast with the crazy Mickey Mouse voice. We had some technical issues and... uh, Oh, brother, got that one taken down and uh, live and learn, live and learn. So I'm going to redo that show today because I know it's a great topic. Before I get to that, I want to thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow. And the owners, Jonathan and Lynn, actually have degrees in real estate and business, which is really, really cool because that makes them true pros. And I am so big on that. Like in my industry, you better have the qualifications or I'm not happy. So they have their qualifications and that means they're in it to win it and to be pros. I will put all their contact information in the show notes. All right. So this was a great question coming from Harpreet, who is a client and listener who lives here in Florida part of the year and in California the other part. And his question was, what are the best types of workouts for energy? All right. So let me address that. Now, I'm assuming I know what kind of energy Harpreet is talking about. I'm assuming he means to kind of feel uplifted after the workouts and to feel a little bit better about yourself and physically just feel maybe a little bit like you're on a high and exercise can absolutely do that and there are some things we can do to manipulate the acute program variables and that's what we in my industry call like manipulating different things like sets and reps and tempo intensity and all that to get the greatest effect and there are ways to do that with that so first let me state some laws or a law because that's what the method to the madness is so the first law of thermodynamics states that energy cannot be created nor destroyed so when we say create energy or to bring about energy what we're really talking about is moving it around because it can't be created nor destroyed, which is actually really, really cool if you think about it from the big picture. So we know that energy is there and how do we best utilize the energy that is out there regarding our workouts and nutrition. So what we're talking about here is a link between your nervous system which is the brain and spinal cord and your endocrine system, which is your hormonal system. And those two things work together and they are so important to understand. All right. I think we all know how important it is to keep our hormones in check the best that we can, right? They dictate so many things. So really there are six hormones that we need to pay attention to as far as I'm concerned regarding having the best energy and best utilization from our workouts. 
The first are more of our mood hormones, which are going to be your serotonin, your endorphins, and your dopamine. So if you're familiar with serotonin, that's because a lot of the antidepressants out there, the SSRIs, so to say, that's what they're manipulating. That's what that stands for, serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It uh, The drug actually keeps your body from uptaking more of the excess serotonin. So essentially it leaves more in your circulatory system, which then goes to the brain and you have different effects. So obviously then serotonin is a big deal if there's medications made to help manipulate that. And serotonin and dopamine, which kind of go hand in hand, and endorphins all work hand in hand to uplift the mood and to give you what I like to call positive energy. All right. So let's take them first. The best types of workouts to really get those increased are more of the moderate to a little bit higher than moderate intensity cardiorespiratory exercise. Now, studies have shown that if you just go for a light walk, you're definitely going to feel a little bit better. You're going to get adrenaline going first. And adrenaline is the hormone that wakes us up, so to say. So if we're walking along and somebody honks their horn and it startles us and we jump really quick, that's the adrenaline that gets us going. So adrenaline can be kind of linked into this mood stuff too. Like we need it a little bit to get us going. That's why like there's been plenty of studies that have shown that some caffeine prior to workouts is good because it does stimulate the central nervous system. Again, brain and spinal cord a little bit to get us moving and up and out the door. And there's also research that shows that a little bit of caffeine prior will help us burn more body fat as well or utilize the fat in our bloodstream. All right. So if we just get out the door and we're doing like, say, a moderate walk, we're going to influence those three key hormones decently. But studies have shown that when we get around 80% of our VO2 max or 80% of our maximum heart rate or somewhere near that, and it's very critical. I like to always say what you need to know. It's very critical to understand that it's super hard unless you really know your VO2 max and you're measuring it on a constant basis with the right tool to actually know if you're close to your VO2 max. And regarding heart rate, because we, most of us, I was going to say we all, but maybe we all, but most of us definitely wear heart rate monitors to some certain degree are all focused in on our heart rate. Well, keep in mind that we're not 100% sure unless you've tested it that that heart rate showing in your watch is really your maximum heart rate. And if it doesn't really know your maximum heart rate because it's just going by your age, which we call age predicted maximum heart rate, then all of the zones from there may not be accurate unless your maximum heart rate is accurate. So don't worry about all that. Just let's get to what the studies say. The studies say that if you're around 80%, so think about it. 80% out of 100% is fairly high. It's not maximal where you feel like you can't catch your breath, but it is pretty high. Studies have shown if we get up there and get up there in that 30 minute range or so, 30 to 45 minutes, we're going to maximize 
those happy hormones. Now, isn't that a cool thing? I think so. Now, just like everything in life, it can be overdone. All right. So if we continue to push that barrier, if we continue to go harder and harder and longer and longer, we start to see naturally a drop off. In other words, we don't continue to just get more happy and energetic and high. Nope. We get to a point where that stops and peaks and then it starts to take us backwards. And so this is why it is common in my industry to hear of elite or top age group endurance athletes complaining about almost being depressed after a long stint of training. They get overtrained and they start to pick up some of the same symptoms as somebody who's clinically depressed or clinically anxious. And they go to the doctor and they have all of those symptoms. And the doctor then, you know, possibly prescribes different medications. In reality, what has happened is they've really put themselves in adrenal fatigue. And now all of that higher intensity exercise they were doing is coming back to bite them. So they're getting the opposite of those happy hormones. So, you know, we can think of that in terms of addiction. The same thing kind of happens, right? So somebody goes out and they have a beer, maybe they have two beers and like that's really good. And they, you know, they feel a little bit high from the alcohol and everything's good and great. But then they start to develop a dependency and too much of a tolerance for alcohol and it takes them all downhill. All right. So it's kind of the same thing with exercise. And in a previous podcast, I talked about there's no such thing as a positive addiction because there's really not. Some people have argued with me on that. And I just show them the statistics that basically say, like, if you're exercising for addictive reasons other than for like trying to improve your health and fitness and keeping that all into wraps, most likely it's going to create some kind of problems like overuse injuries or adrenal fatigues and things like that. So we do have to keep it in check. And we can simply do that by, I mean, I say simply, but it's hard. I mean, I've crossed that line before and gotten myself to where, you know, I really needed to back off and take some rest because. I was getting overstressed and into adrenal fatigue and all the good of the exercise was now coming back a little bit. So we, we, I believe people who push the limits of trying to get better play with those limits a lot. So it does happen. But the way around that is to first understand knowledge is king, that it does happen somewhere around 80%, not 90%, not 100%. And the time seems to be in that 30 to 45 minute range. You know, at that moderate, what we like to call higher, moderate intensity and not longer. And if we keep that in check and we keep an exercise journal, which I think is good, whether you keep it on a computer, write it down. I guess some of the wearables will upload it into your phone, which is fine. But you really should have a way to put down your mood and all that, too, which is why I really still believe in the paper style journals, even on a calendar or something like that. And if you monitor that, then you can really prevent you from going too far to the other way. All right. Now, the second way is in the gym. And there are three hormones that we that come out a little bit more or more important in the gym than they are with cardio. And they are your anabolic hormones, such as HGH, which stands for human growth hormone, 
and of course the famous testosterone and yes ladies you have that too we all do and IGF which is insulin growth factor hormone and all these hormones are also manipulated in the workouts not so much in cardio so much because these are more anaerobic hormones all right they also have an effect on our energy levels and moods so also if you pay attention to the news you know that like especially a lot of men are as they get to middle age or older are starting to get like testosterone shots or whatever and they do that for various reasons but one of the reasons they claim is that they're a little bit depressed if they don't okay so i'm not going to touch that subject a whole lot i'll just say that I'm not a huge fan in taking something like that synthetically unless you really, really, really have to and you really, really trust your doctor and you guys have had long talks about it and I'll just leave it at that. But my point of bringing it up here is that it's so effective or it's so important that once again, there's the pharmaceuticals getting involved, which tells you there's something to that. All right. Now, these things can be manipulated by our workout practices, too. All right. Million dollar question. What kind? All right. So if you see those guys at the gym and I'm not making fun of them, I've done it and that's fine for what they're trying to do. But if you see them like bench pressing really, really heavy and then waiting a long time, maybe drinking some water, drinking their pre-workout, taking a selfie, whatever. And then like two, three, four minutes later, they do another set. All right. So that's like a classic powerlifting style workout. That doesn't have a huge effect on your hormones, believe it or not. So when I'm talking about the hormones, I'm talking about the acute hormonal release that happens during exercise. Not the resting levels, but the ones that get into your bloodstream and change your mood and change what's going on. And that is manipulated by activity. So when they're doing those style of workouts, they might be getting stronger because what they're doing is they're creating muscle damage when they lift really, really heavy, and then they rest and they eat, and then the remodeling of the muscle occurs during rest, and their muscles get stronger. So I'm not saying they don't get stronger. They do. But as far as the hormonal changes during those style of workouts, it doesn't change a lot. Now, they might leave the workout in a little bit more of a high state and all because they got their adrenaline going a little bit, and maybe they feel extremely proud of themselves for some heavy lifts. That's great. Honestly, it is all good. And they're going to get some good effects from that. But they're not changing the hormones at all. Now, what they found is, just like with cardio, it is the moderate style of workouts that change these things. So then you might see a bodybuilder style person or a person trying to lose weight or a crossfitter or somebody like that who tends to be working with a lot higher rep range and they're not taking a lot of time in between sets like maybe they're taking a minute between sets but they keep moving you know you might see them do a set of pull-ups and then run over jog over walk over briskly and do a set of leg press which we call a superset and then they go back and forth. So studies have shown that it's those moderate intensities, moderate meaning like the rep range of say eight to 15 with less rest time, a minute or less, that tend to spike 
the anaerobic hormones of human growth hormone, testosterone, and IGF. It spikes them more. So for the bodybuilders, they're getting that response that they really want, which is going to help create hypertrophy, which is why there's a difference between, say, pure strength training and training for muscular size because of those hormonal responses. So the bodybuilder training in that moderate zone, and I know this isn't really the point, but just so you can understand there's a method to the madness, they're getting the benefit of those hormones. And so they're going to get more hypertrophy and a different kind, what we call to get super technical, sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, and they're going to increase their size. They're not going to be able to use as much weight naturally. Hopefully you understand that because the rest times are less but they're still getting a hormonal load, all right? So those are also the best style of workouts to get yourself in a better mood, so to say. So CrossFitters may not be looking to necessarily pump up or get bigger muscles, although I don't think they mind it, but they are looking to improve their conditioning so they keep the pace of the workouts going pretty fast too. And that tends to be the key. So like moderate intensities, with low rest time seem to spike the the anabolic hormones more than just basically doing either very low intensity workouts where you know you're not using very much resistance and you're not getting close to failure and you're not pushing it that's not going to do a lot pure strength training workouts we're using heavy loads and, and long rest periods that's not going to do it either so much for the moods both of those things are good i mean if that's you're going to the gym. It's great. So, but we want to maximize our time and think about what we're trying to do. All right. So just like the cardio though, if we start overdoing those intense workouts with low rest time, we could essentially put ourselves in adrenal fatigue too and hormonal fatigue as well. So we've got to watch it. You know, we can't be overdoing it. And again, the studies seem to really point to the 40 to 45 minute time period as far as the cutoff goes, somewhere over 25 to 30 minutes as far as getting a nice stimulus, and then really listening to the body when we know we're doing it too much. And again, with this one, it's a little bit harder to say measure it on paper because a lot of people might be doing split routines and that might be their style of working out every day almost with maybe a day off in between. And they're getting rest from basically training different muscle groups. So they just really have to pay attention to it. And again, knowledge is king. Knowing that we are pushing it harder means we don't need to take every set to puke level, right? We just need to understand that, all right, so I want to get through this workout and I'm only going to give myself one minute rest in between sets so let me be pretty smart about the loads I pick early on so I don't overdo it early. And again, very important, I believe, to keep some kind of a journal. Now, I know I work with Harpreet. So when he's not here in Daytona, we work remotely. And he and I actually send a little note or um, spreadsheet, so to say, back and forth. And he adds to it and I add to it. We can pay attention. Now, one thing I will suggest that we both do because we haven't been doing, or at least I haven't on my end, but we do communicate a lot. So we do, you know, figure out what works, but to maybe put in there how the mood elevation was afterwards, like how was the energy levels? One last thing on this. If you're doing these kind of workouts and you have trouble sleeping, 
don't do these style of workouts too close to bedtime because it is going to spike the adrenaline along with the other hormones and it's going to be harder to fall asleep. So if you like these style of workouts, and I do, by the way, this is more or less how I train. I like to definitely keep it moving and keep the rest times around a minute. You know, I can't use as much weight as I would if I didn't, but that's okay. You know, for what goals I'm trying to seek, which is overall hypertrophy, general strength, uh, well-being, those kind of things. So we want to make sure that we don't do it too late in the day if we have trouble sleeping. And we have to watch that too and watch our sleep patterns, which if you use an Apple Watch and all that, you know, hey, the beauty of some technology, they really help to moderate and watch those things. Monitor. That's the word I wanted. Monitor. All right. So no helium head voice today. Sorry to disappoint you. Mickey Mouse is not in the house today, but uh, I appreciate you um, being patient with me on our glitches. It's still basically my first year of the podcast. Really enjoy it. Really appreciate all the feedback and listeners. I love doing it. I love talking fitness and any questions you have, please feel free to contact me like other people do. It's not a silly question. If you're thinking it, somebody else is as well. Please remember that. My favorite part is answering the questions. I hate having to come up with topics, you know. I want to answer what you guys want to know so you can get out there and do what you need to do to get more fit. Because Lord knows our country in this world needs more fit people out there. All right. Let me thank our other sponsor, chiropractic physician, Dr. Doris Antos of Ormond Beach, Florida. She's great. You talk about fit. She's a very fit chiropractor. She's a fit lady no matter what, but she's a fit chiropractor. And you know, it's funny. I find most chiropractors to be fit. I don't know too many that aren't. And I know they, at least all the ones I know, really work at it. And she's great. She does all different types of modalities to help you and help you with the adrenal fatigue. You know, that's a very important role of a chiropractor. It's not just getting your back back in place. It's helping you heal everything so give her a shout her information will be in the show notes as well until next time be max fit be max wealth